Amen, amen. It's time for the word of the Lord. Can you say amen in this place, sir? Come on now. It's uh, time for the word. And tonight, I want to ponder with you. I've not used that word for this year, uh, so I'm going to break it out again. I want to ponder a few things with you tonight. Um, I've read this scripture many times. No doubt many of you have read this scripture. If you've not read this scripture, you've definitely heard about this uh, story. And I want to ponder a few things uh, uh, just reading this story out of Luke chapter 9 and verse number 10. I want to go straight into the word of God this evening, straight in there. Um, and we're going to speak about a few things. Uh, God's going to speak to us. God's going to help us. We're going to leave this place uh, enriched, encouraged, uh, ready to fight another day. Amen? Amen? All right, here we go. Luke chapter 9. Uh, I'm reading from verse number 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, And the apostles, uh, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside, uh, went aside privately into a deserted place. This is Jesus, belonging to a city called Bethesda. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we're in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. (laughs) Don't you love Jesus? Come on now. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And the Bible, just pause there, there. we we know that it says 5,000 men. And in Jewish culture, the men that really travel alone, they travel with their families. So it could be talking 5, 10, 15,000 people right here. So it says, uh, then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. Um, and they did so and made them all sit down. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and he broke them and he gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments uh, were taken up by them. Amen. So here we have a familiar, a very, very familiar um, miracle by Jesus Christ. And like I said, it's one no doubt you've read many times yourself. Uh, or if you've not read it, you have heard about it. You've understood uh, uh, the feeding of the 5,000. Well, here it is. Uh, and this is a notable miracle because it is the only miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John all record the account uh, of the feeding of the 5,000. So it was notable. It had impact on every one of the disciples. Because when it came time to record what Jesus did, they all added this into their account. Um, And there are many things you can say about this event. There are many things you can say about this particular miracle. Uh, I mean, there's so much you can say. Like, for example, we can understand that a little in Jesus's hands is actually a lot. Can you say amen? If you give something into the hands of Christ, uh, no matter how small it is, he's able to then produce something that is a lot. He's able to make something beautiful uh, out of the mess of our lives. Can you say amen in this place? Once it's handed over to Christ, he's able to take little and make it a lot. And we see that throughout the Bible, God is able to take the small things and do wondrous things. It always points me to David. I always think about David and Goliath, how he defeated this huge giant with one small stone. We have to understand it wasn't the stone that killed Goliath. Can you say amen? 
And that's what Jesus does. He's able to take the small and make it huge. We can talk about that. We can talk about the compassion of Christ. How he saw these people came to him. He says that he healed every need that they had. And they were hungry and he wanted to address that also. He didn't have to address that, but he had compassion on them. They've traveled far. It's not like they can just drive through McDonald's in them days. This wasn't around. And even if it was around, I would suggest doing something else because McDonald's won't really fill that gap. You know what I'm saying? But he had compassion on them. He said, listen, I see that they are hungry. We need to do something about it. We need to do something about it. The disciples said, listen, send them away. Let them fend for themselves. But no, Jesus said, no, we've got to do something about it. You could talk about the compassion of Christ. You can talk about the abundance of provision. Listen, he could have just provided just a little sandwich for them, take that and then go on your way. But he provided that they ate so much, they ate more than they needed, that they had to gather up the leftovers and there was 12 baskets full. It is the abundance of provision. You could talk about that. But what I want to focus on this evening, what I want to pick out and what I want to ponder on is the process he used to perform the miracle. That's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the process he used to perform the miracle. You see, because miracles of Christ should not be understood only as something that just happened. As like an event in history or a moment in time. They need to be understood as something which still happens i.e. a form that he uses to continue doing this type of things. Jesus' miracles were not just isolated moments in history, but they were demonstrations of the forever and always power that Christ has. He had, has, and will always have. Listen, Jesus is still in the business of opening blind eyes. Can you say amen in this place? Spiritually and physically, he's opening blind eyes. Listen, before I got saved, I was blind, but now I see like the famous song says. He's still in the business of opening blind eyes. Jesus is still in the business of cleansing lepers. Come on, he can make something that was dirty or society calls dirty. He can change it and make it into something that is clean, something that is brand new. Jesus is still in the business of raising the dead. Can you say amen in this place? When we get saved, we moved from death to life, literally from darkness to light. He's still doing that. He still uses the same format. So the format I want to address today is found in verse number 16. It says to him, then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, he broke them and gave them. And this is the format I want to look at, blessing, breaking and giving. Because he still does that. And this wasn't the first time or the last time he did this, should I say. So I'm going to preach a sermon of entitled, it's break time. All right now. It's break time. There's a format he used and he used it on purpose, I believe. Looking through scripture, scripture, I'm looking at this and I see this elsewhere. Like I said, this wasn't the last time he did that. If we go to Matthew 26, we look at the account of the Last Supper where Jesus gathers his disciples and he tells them what he's about to go through. He tells them where he's about to go, what he has to do, not just for them, but for mankind uh, in the entire universe. And at that supper, in verse number 26, the Bible says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it. Now this is the format that Jesus employs. I don't believe just to bread. 
I believe this is the format he employs when he touches the lives of, of humankind. I believe that's the format he uses. So we're going to go through that and see what that actually means. See how that transpires to us. And the first step is the blessing. The first thing he does is he blesses. Whenever he touches something, the first thing he does is bless things. It's the blessings. And the thing is, everyone wants to be blessed. Can you say amen in this place? Everyone wants to experience some sort of blessing. We want to experience going forward or advancing. We want to experience having been touched by Christ or having good fortune on our lives. Everyone wants blessings. Look at Proverbs 10 and verse number 22. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. So we want to be blessed. Listen, when we speak to people, we try and bless people. Listen, the first Sunday of the year, we laid hands and we prayed and blessed every single person that came to that service because people want to have a blessing. They want to start good. They want to move and bless. Listen, God said to Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to the nations. He blessed Abraham and he says, listen, I want you then to continue this on and bless the nations. We spoke about the blessings in the Beatitudes a couple of weeks ago. We did a whole series on the blessings that God bestowed on people. Jesus lists the blessings and there are certain characteristics that comes with those blessings. We are in this and we want to be blessed in everything that we do. Or at least I want to be blessed in everything. I don't know, is that the same here? You want to be blessed in everything you do? Amen. We want to have that blessing and it's important. And it reminds me of when uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, they were going through their antics growing up uh, and the father inadvertently blessed Jacob over Esau. And here we see his reaction, Esau's reaction in Genesis 27 and verse number 38. uh, And it said, And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice uh, and wept. What was his problem? Why was he so sad? It's because he wanted the blessing. He understood what the blessing meant for his life. If he is blessed, he can continue on in favor with God. If he receives blessing, he can go through and walk through and receive all that God has for him. And in our text, this is the first step. When Jesus enters the scene, when Jesus touches a man's life, the first thing is to bless. Literally from day one, when he came into the world, he blessed wherever he went. It was Mary that said, all generations will call me blessed. That's because Jesus entered the scene. The first thing he does is bless. That's the first thing he does, he blessed. What does it mean to be blessed, to be consecrated, to be uh, favoured? That's the first thing he does. Think about salvation. You are there, you're giving a, given a gift of eternal life. What a blessing it is to receive salvation from Jesus Christ. You are dead in sin, uh, bound by addiction, bound by whatever sin. And here comes Jesus. He comes and says, I give you a gift that is eternal life. Not because anything you have done, not because anything you can do, but I want to bless you with it. So the first thing Jesus does when he comes onto the scene is bless. Now that's easy. That's easy to talk to. That's easy to talk to you about. I've not spent much time on it because it's easy. You understand blessing. You get it. I want to spend time on the second part of the form. He took the bread, the Bible says. He blessed it and then he broke it. I want to talk to you about the breaking. You see, because many people love the sound of blessing, but don't like the sound of breaking. 
Breaking don't sound too good to me. Come on now, can you say amen in this place? Breaking doesn't sound like it would be a nice feeling. Listen, when you say I broke something, there's pain involved when it comes to breaking something. Um, I have only broken one bone in my body and it was my thumb. Uh, it was not a nice time. Uh, I was breakdancing at the time. Hey, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what. Maybe, from that time, I've stopped breakdancing. Maybe it's good for my health to never breakdance again. But I remember I was doing like a, this thing where I tried to flip on my hand. <laughs> And I put my legs up, flipped. I was there for like a second. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. And then, and then, yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was over. It was all over. I was rolling on the floor. There was tears. It was, it was all over. It was all, it was all over. If you want to experience the, the fullness that God has for you, you need to be broken. Your will needs to be submitted to His. Your will needs to be broken to the fact when you'll say, okay, I will submit, I will yield to all that you have for me. And that sounds like, what, does that mean I can't have no ambition? That can, well, we, have to, we, we think that way because we think that our ambition, our ideas and our goals are, are going to take me and make me more successful. But no, you see, God's will, His will is the best possible place for you. It is the safest place for you. You would be most usable if you submit to the will of God and you come into where he wants you to go he wants you to do a certain thing listen submit your will break your will and that's when you come to Christ he comes he blesses you yes but the next thing he does is breaks you and the worst thing you can do is not allow yourself to be broken you say, no, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not giving this up. No. I remember somebody got saved. I think I used this before a while ago. And they, they you know, it was a good sermon. Someone uh, raised their hand. I want to accept Jesus Christ. They came to the altar. They prayed the sinner's prayer. And as soon as they got up, they said, oh, does that mean I can't sleep around anymore? And it's like, well, you, you haven't quite got this, have you? This is, this, you haven't quite got this, right? When you come... You have to understand, this is not a case of, oh, does it mean I have to do this? Well, I'm not willing to do that. Okay, well, you're not willing to do this. Well, then God will not be able to use you. When he said to his disciples, listen, he took the bread. In the Last Supper, he said, uh, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to him. He said, this is my flesh. He himself, Jesus Christ, had to be broken in. You know, there's a time where Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying intensely. The Bible says he was praying so hard. The sweat was coming down like drips of blood. He was saying, God, if you can take this cup away from me, do it. But there was one thing that he said. He said he kept on praying the same thing. He prayed and went back. He said he prayed and went and said the same thing. God, if you can take this cup away from me, let it pass me, let it pass. That was his flesh talking. He didn't want that breaking process. But at the end of he said nevertheless let your will be done and not mine that's what we have to have imprinted on our heart we need to say God yeah I want to go here I want to go here but nevertheless let your will be done and not mine that's a sign of a broken spirit. That's a sign of a broken person. And not to say broken as in defective. No, broken, ready to be distributed. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, when Jesus broke the bread, it wasn't just to break it up in the front of the floor. No, it was to break it so it had a higher purpose. So it can move and reach people. Move and reach more than just that little boy that had that, la- that, that lunchbox. Listen, it can move so it can reach lives. Lives can be changed in the breaking so the first part was the blessing. The second part was the breaking. I'm not talking about the third part, which is given to the world. 
The process that God used, that Jesus Christ used, he received the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and then he gave it. You see, because the life that we're living is not just meant to be lived for ourselves. Did you know that? The life that God gave you is not just to be experienced for yourself and then that's it. There is a bigger picture to what God has given. He's given you things. He's given you gifts. He's placed you in certain places. He's placed you in certain jobs because he wants you to be a blessing to other people. You know, as such a small-minded person that says, listen, all I want is enough for me and my family and that's it. Life is bigger than that. Yes, you should have for you and your family. Yes, you should provide for you and your family. But listen, life is bigger than that. God has a plan that is bigger than that for you. You may think, oh, I can't touch nobody. It's not me. I can't do anything. No, no, no. God has called us all to be a blessing to people around us. That blessing that he gave to Abraham should fall on us also. He blessed Abraham so that he can be a blessing to the nations. That should be ours also. In Matthew 28 and verse number 19, we see the great commission where Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you and lo I am with you always until the end of the age listen God can use your life to touch other people around you God can use your life to touch family members God can use your life to touch work colleagues but as long as you allow him to break you and then use you you can be distributed and given out to the world listen as long as that bread that, 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 that the five loaves remained intact all it would do would just feed one person but when it got to Jesus and when he when they allowed it to break it oh he no longer just fed one person fed 5,000 and maybe even 15,000 people because they allowed the breaking process and after the breaking process becomes the distribution would you allow God to break you so that you can be given to the world would you allow God to break you so that you can be given out so people's lives can change and transform What we need to do is say, God, I surrender all. We sing that song, I surrender all. Except for this part. (laughs) That's what we do. Come on, that's what we do. That's what I did. Listen, I will give you everything. Just this part is mine. No, no, no. God wants everything. And as we surrender all, as the song says, as we surrender all, then God will be able to come in, uh, change and transform not only our lives, but the lives that are connected to us. As long as we're willing to say, God, I'm going to be broken. What that means is, you know, uh, up until I started to understand what this means, I used to think ambition was the greatest thing you could have. Ambition. I want to be ambitious. But then I started to see that really uh, we shouldn't have ambition on our own. We're here to say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, uh, that is my ambition. Wherever you want me to go, uh, I will go. Because when we hold our own ambition, uh, when God comes knocking and says, listen, uh, I want you to go here, do this. You say, yeah, but no, I've got this. I've planned this for my life. Here's my five-year plan. Here's my 10, 
20-year plan. This is what I've got to do. God, you can't interfere with this. What I want you to do is bless what I want to do. Can you bring the blessings and give my ambition power? No, that's not how it works. We need to take up that ambition and say, God, here, do whatever you want with it. Break me. Send me wherever you want me to go. Distribute me wherever you want to go. And as we do that, we'll see an impact where multitudes will be touched. Multitudes will be transformed. Listen, if you have a 10-year, 20-year plan, that's okay. But as long as you allow God to say, listen, God, you can come in and do whatever you want with this. I'm not saying don't plan, don't be ambitious. Yes, plan, be ambitious. But just know God should be the Lord of everything. He can come into your life and start demanding. He should be allowed to come and say, listen, I need to start demanding. I remember... um, my one a, a pastor telling this story, saying that he took his son. I think it was my pastor actually. Yeah, he did. It was my pastor. He took his daughter. He's his last born. He's got four children. Uh, maybe that's why we got four children. I don't know. I was just putting on a pattern. I don't know. <laughs> He's got four children. He took his last daughter um, uh, to buy. No, she asked him, "Can you buy me some 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 fries? Can you buy me some fries, Daddy?" And of course, a loving father wants some fries. Of course, God bless you. So bought the fries for her. Um, and as they was driving her, he reached over to take a fry. And she was like, oh, these are mine. And he's like, hold, hold on a second. Didn't I buy those fries for you? I'm the one that bought those. I'm the one that provided the fries for you. If I want, I can take the whole packet and I'll be, there'll be no problem because I'm the one that supplied this to you. I just asked for one fry and you're going to tell me these are my fries? That's how we treat God. God can come. Some, hey, hey, listen. Uh, I need you to. Uh, I need you to pack that up and start doing this. You're like, nah. This is my life. He's like, excuse me. Didn't I provide the breath that's in your nostrils? Didn't I provide the life that you are now living? And you're telling me, uh, no, you can't tell me. What? God should be able to come into our life and make some demands because He is the landowner. Can you say Amen in this place? We need to come to God with a fully broken spirit. Say, God, listen, here I am. Because sometimes people think they have this whole mis- mis- misunderstanding of God, that God is cruel. If I do that, he's just going to send me to some, some back tribe in the, in the Serengeti. I'm going to have to preach the gospel. As we know, I'm going to be broken. I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to have to go. No, 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 no. God, God loves us. Do we know that? Come on now. His will is the best possible place for us. It's the safest place for us. It's the most prosperous place for us. It's the most secure place for us. I want to be in the center of his will. And if that is in some rainforest, hey, I'm going to take my wife and my children. We're going to go to that rainforest as long as the middle of his will. We're going to be there because as long as we're in his will, that's the best possible place for me. Can you say amen in this place? We're going, yeah? No, we're not going nowhere. We're not going. Amen. We're here. But my point is, We need to understand the plans that God has. I still believe that he is doing or using this form today. He will take, he will bless, he will break, and he will give to the nations. Would you allow God to take your life, bless you, I know you allow that, but break you so that you can be given. Church is break time. We need to go home and and do some, some soul searching and say, God... I surrender all. This little part I was holding back, I surrender it all to you. This little issue saying, listen, you can have this, but you can't touch this. I surrender it all. 
You can have this, but you can't touch my money. I, I, I surrender it all. It's break time. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Uh, it's break time. The word break, it just sounds painful. Sounds like there's going to be issues. But sometimes we need to break things in order to go forward. Now sometimes, correct me if I'm wrong, there's some doctors in the house, but sometimes if you do some damage, if you break a certain bone, sometimes the solution is to break it further so it can set correctly. Sometimes the solution is we need to break this in order to set it in the correct way. So we shouldn't be afraid of being broken. Because sometimes we need that in our life to, to, to show us, listen, that's not going to work. If you continue like this, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to fit through. But if we break you, you're able to be used how God intended you to be used. And your life would now begin to flourish because you've surrendered your will to his will. So maybe you're here in this place and you've, you've, you thought, you know what? I'm just living how I want to live. I've never, really, I've never really thought about living for Christ or, or, or giving my life, surrendering my life. Um, well, you've got an opportunity right now to fully surrender. So if you're here under the sound of my voice and you're saying, you know what, I want to finally give my life over to Christ. I want to allow him to be the Lord of my life. I want to allow him to come in and, and change me because I'm, I'm here and there, I'm to and fro in. And to be honest, I don't even know where I'd go if I was to die. If you want to accept Christ into your life, if you want to be born again, become a new creation, you want to let him break you so he can mold you and build you up to what he wants you to be. If you want that in this place for the first time, you've never accepted Christ in your life before, but you want that, just raise your hand. Raise your hand if that's you. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to say, you know what, when I die, I'm going to spend eternity with him. Not because of anything I've done, but because he has paid the price for all the bad things that you've done. He has paid the penalty for sin. If that's you, put your hand up. You want to accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior in this place. You're going to be born again. The Bible says to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. It must be a new creation. It must be something. Listen, the old has to pass away. It has to be broken away. And the new has to come. You must be born again. Understand my voice, front to back, left to right. Lift your hand. Maybe you're backslidden, you're uh, distracted away from Christ, away from uh, his, uh, his, law, his, his plan for your life. Maybe you've been distracted well, now's the time to come back. Rededicate your life to Christ. If that's you, raise your hand in this place. Amen. I count it a privilege to pray with you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Speaking to Christians in this place. It's break time. Hmm. We need to surrender all to God. Don't hold anything back. Allow him to come into our life and start making some demands. See, I want you to cut this out. I want you to stop going this place. I want you to stop doing this. From now on, I want you to do this. I want you to say this. I want you to read this. 
I want to pray. We, we should allow him to make some demands in our life because he is the owner. He's the landowner. He has the right to do that. Would you allow yourself to be broken? Would you allow your will to be broken? To be replaced by the will of God? Live for God. Let what you do be controlled by the King of Kings. Be fully submitted to what He has for you. And when you do that, it is then that you can be used powerfully. It is then that you can be given to society, given to your family, given to the nations and become a blessing. Isn't the blessing that we want. Listen, God wants us blessed more than we want to bless our own self. And it's only when we submit and surrender to his will that we will receive such. So church, what we want to do, we want to say, Lord, we want to pray that prayer. It may sound like a painful prayer, but we want to pray that prayer. Lord, break me. Lord, break me. Because even if it's over time, you have been broken. But sometimes we can, we can build ourselves back up again. We can take our own will again. No one needs to say, Lord, break me. Lord, I want to surrender all to you. I give you everything. Lord, break me and use me for what you want me to do. Let's spend some time praying. Listen, these altars are open. We want to come and find a place to pray. Ask, ask God to come in. And literally, it sounds like a painful prayer, but no, it'll be, the super, it'll be the supernatural prayer of this year when you say, God, break me. God, break me that I can be used for your kingdom. Oh, we need to say it for this year. God, I surrender my will to you. I surrender everything to you. God, break me. God, separate my will, God. Not my will be done, but yours, oh God. Oh Lord, we thank you, Father. We surrender to you. We submit to you, God. Oh Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we bless your name, oh Father, God. Lord, we're coming, oh Father, God, asking God. Lord, take my agendas, take my plans, oh Father God. Father God, we worship you, Lord God. We honor you alone, oh Father God. Take my life, oh Father God. Oh, I give you it all, oh Father. I surrender all to you, Lord God. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord God. Lord, I give you my life, oh Father God. Oh, I leave nothing behind, oh God. That is my prayer, God. Break me, God. Bend me, God. Shape me, God. Mold me, God. Oh, into what?